You know, guys, we are very fortunate to have many good friends in the soccer community. But the one we are most grateful for is Jen Cooper, a.k.a. Keeper Notes. Jen is an absolute gold mine of wisdom, experience, and advice. And Mix Zone, that's Mix Zone with two X's, is one of the best women's soccer podcasts running today. Check the podcast out at https colon backslash backslash bgn.fm backslash category backslash podcasts backslash the hyphen mixed with two X's hyphen zone. Or just check out the Keeper Notes Twitter at Keeper Notes. Hey, thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Up, everybody. Apparently, Mark decided he wanted to uh, duck out early today, uh, right at the start. And I feel bad for Nestor because he's having to switch uh, layouts like on the fly right now. Uh, what's up, Mark? Uh, thanks for joining. What's up, man? Sorry about that, man. I had a little bit of a technical difficulty there. Um, I accidentally pressed the button and shut everything off. <laughs> well, uh, welcome back. Uh, guys, it has been uh, a lot longer than we anticipated, that's for sure. Uh, we had every intention of having a show uh, before today, and uh, clearly that did not happen. Uh, I think all of us are readily aware as to why. Uh, but, uh, Mark, any, any, uh, any lingering effects from, uh, from, from winter storm 2021? Um, luckily for me personally at the house, nothing, nothing, nothing of any major sort, which, you know, we consider ourselves lucky. I did go out without, I did go without power for about two and a half days, which, you know, kind of sucks, but, you know, we had, uh, we, we still had gas and water, so we were good there. Unfortunately, you know, from, as far as family goes, uh, the in-laws didn't, didn't, um, you know, as so well as I did. So, Ooh. you know, so we're dealing with, we're dealing with that right now, but it's all good, man. Everybody's fine. Everybody's okay. Nobody, you know, got hurt or, you know, any kind of coldness or anything like that. So, but that, that is good. That is good to hear. Glad, uh, glad, you know, for the most part, everything has turned out all right and, uh, wish your in-laws the best. Uh, but yeah, how about yourself, man? Uh, you know, uh, it was interesting. My parents, uh, apparently, their house is on the same grid uh, as uh, the water treatment plant for their neighborhood, and so, uh, it, or for their area. And so, when there's a power outage of any significant period of time, they're usually not affected, especially if it's a forced power outage, because they're on the same grid. And so, they had power uh, Monday, Tuesday, uh, even, uh, in the morning on Wednesday. And then when everybody lost power, they were out. Uh, and you know, it was like eight hours for them or something like that. Then they had power that night. And once I got power that night, I think I had one more outage, uh, of a couple hours, but there are a few hours, but that was about it. So, you know, it wasn't too bad. Uh, but, uh, with a dog, uh, it made it a little bit harder because I couldn't, you know, I had to consider uh, beyond just myself and, you know, think of uh, think of my dog. Uh, and so I ended up spending uh, Tuesday night uh, actually over at my parents' house, which meant I drove over about Tuesday midday before the storm really started or the cold really started hitting. Uh, and there were a couple of <laughs> a couple of cold spots on the way uh, that I wasn't anticipating, but handled fine. Uh, but my uh, my dog is not um, is not a traveling dog, uh, to say the least. He. He loves to be out, but he doesn't like tra- sitting sitting still in the truck. Uh, but he did a good yeah, job when we got over there. 
yeah, it was no big deal. But uh, got over there, and then of course he was rambunctious, and you know he was uh, very energetic, uh, which was great for him, but sucked for me. Uh, and uh, but dealt with it, and uh, I think I got maybe thirty minutes of sleep that night, uh, and then uh, eventually got back home uh, to the cold, cold, cold. And then my power came back on at like nine thirty, and it was an absolute godsend at that point because it had been out for a full two days at that point. Uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, was it was it was interesting you know i mentioned uh in other chats how i kind of felt like this was very reminiscent of our time with harvey uh thank you hurricane harvey mm -hmm. for the memories um you know no power no water in certain areas uh i lost water for probably about a day and a half two days uh and uh, part of that was because uh, there were leaks in the complex uh, and they wanted to shut off the water to prevent any freezing pipes, uh, which was, you know, in retrospect, hindsight, probably the wisest, uh, wise decision to make there. But, yeah. uh, we, we ended up having to wait a few extra days cause they had to get plumbers on site to fix the leaks before they could turn water back on, uh, and turn hot water back on. So, uh, even once they lowered the, the boil notice, we still had a, probably a day or two before we really got, uh, you know, fully, fully going. But, uh, yeah, this week has been a lot better, uh, which is good. You know, you know, obviously, yeah, yeah, this way has been a whole lot better. But, you know, it's crazy because, you know, obviously being, you know, born and raised here in Houston, Texas, you know, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of you guys are as well. You know, it's funny because, you know, we always complain and bitch about, you know, our winters not being true winters. And, you know, it'd be nice to have a little bit of cold, you know, a little bit of snow every once in a while, things of that nature. And then you get hit with this, you know, and you, you don't expect, you know, to lose power and do all this happening it felt like you know like you said it felt kind of like we got hit by a, a hurricane for some reason you know and and it's crazy that 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 such a big state you know with, with so, so many people you know would go through this like that you know like there 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 was some somebody messed up somewhere no? You know, it, it's and... interesting. It's interesting. I'm going to throw this one thing out there, and I know this is not what the show about, but I, I show is about. But I, I feel as someone in the response industry, it's important to keep this in mind uh, for kind of the general public. Uh, it, it's important to remember that you know, for all the talk about the Texas grid failing, this is the first time the Texas grid has failed in five years. To give you an indication of why that's important. There have been more failures in the California grid, which covers a lot of the Pacific Northwest. Uh, and the Pacific Coast, uh, there were more failures in the last year uh, than there have been in the last five years for Texas. So, and and more sustained yeah, no, no, failures. No. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously, we always hear about the rolling blackouts in in California and things of like that yep. and things of that sort. And you know, so obviously, they're a little bit more, I guess, used to this going on. But you know, for us, you know, basically, because you know, obviously, you know, we with what we deal with in the summer with the heat. You know, and people using the AC and the grid, you know, you would think, you know, for vice versa, it would work out the same way, you know, for a storm like this. Obviously, it's not something that we experience on a normal basis, but going forward, it might be something that we do experience more more times often than none than, oh, yeah. than, what, than what we did before. So, you know, hopefully, unfortunately, you know, the unfortunate thing is that people lost lives, you know. Oh, yeah. It, 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 it's, it's one of those things. It's one of those things where and I know we're, we're getting a little bit ahead of, you know, off the topic. You know, obviously, we're a soccer podcast, guys. Welcome everybody to here. Hey, we're people story. first, man. We're people. But, first. But yeah, but but, you know, that's that's the unfortunate thing about it. Um, you know, one of the things, you know, obviously, you know, a majority of the, of the people who lost were just people trying to find ways to get warm and, and, and cold and warm and warm up their kids and things of that nature by 
you know, bringing in grills into the into the house or or turning on the car while it's in the garage, which is a complete no no. But you know, people at that time were panicking and and mm-hmm. made that mistake, and unfortunately, it cost them their lives. You know, and it's a sad it's a sad thing when people lose lives because of some because of, of, a, of because of a mess up basically. You know, somewhere so you know you know pr- thoughts and prayers to those people and their families. You know, you know, hopefully everybody you know is doing well. And you know, obviously, I know a lot of people are dealing with busted pipes and ceilings caving down and and roofs tearing up and things of that sort so you know guys you know hopefully everything's okay you know and health first you know so uh speaking of uh the uh, dynamo and dash player fund is inching its way very quickly to 30k uh their goal is 30k by the end of the day uh, which is amazing, uh, and shows you know. Shows... I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was there, man. Because like when I saw the tweet that there were like a couple of dollars off from 29k, I, I put it. I did my part and made sure it got over to 29k. So you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, just in case, you know, uh, and you know, hopefully we get to 30k, man. I saw I saw that uh, Z- Zarek Valentine and other guys are are planning to do a raffle with mm-hmm. signed jerseys signed jerseys dash and dynamo players once they reach 30k and raffle off to all the people who who donated which is a great incentive you know obviously it too um <laughs> i did my little part so you know trying to help out people out there um but you know it's one of those things where uh it's a it's, it's great to see athletes especially the local athletes you know get together you know and obviously with the you know Ashes doing their thing the rockets doing their thing Dynamo doing their thing, Texans doing their thing. You know, it's it's a great thing to see that sometimes, you know, obviously this is a lot more than more than just sports, and it's good to see. Yeah, uh, so make sure, guys, if you haven't or you don't know about the fund, uh, make sure you hit up Serge Zelaya. Uh, you can check him out in, in chat. He'll give you the link if you need it. Uh, hit him up on Twitter. You guys know his Twitter account, most of you, so I don't need to share it. But uh, hit him up on Twitter. He'll be happy to share it. And if you haven't seen it, uh, you can also hit up Twitter on uh, uh, Zarek Valentin's uh, Twitter account. Or uh, there's other ones I can't think off the top of my head. Um, and, uh, you know, you can find the link to the uh, to the Dynamo Dash Player Fund uh, there to contribute to it. And, again, definitely uh, something, something worth doing. Another thing too, Sergio mentioned it in chat, uh, and for those of you listening uh, after the fact, make sure if you if you have time to uh, hop on over to uh, Christian Ramirez's uh, Twitter uh, feed and Memo Rodriguez's Twitter feed. Uh, they have a collaboration shirt that they have done uh, with uh... Sergio. You want to tell me who did that one? By the way, the the t shirt, like what what group what what t-shirt company <laughs> it was that they partnered with. Cause I don't remember. Uh, but it's the H town strong. Teeing. What is it? It's called teeing. 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 I, 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 I might, my, my, I might be pronouncing it wrong. You probably are. We'll wait for Sergio. Uh, <laughs> but it's the H town strong, uh, t-shirt and, uh, it's breaking T. There we go. Breaking T. There we go. Thank you, oh. uh, Sergio. Uh, like I said, we would wait for Sergio. That's why. Uh, but yeah, H Town Strong shirt. Uh, it's got the. Uh, yeah, it was Sergio's idea. Uh, I saw some preliminary mock-ups and stuff. It was pretty freaking cool. Uh, but the uh, it, you know it's basically a Lion King T-shirt. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Go on Twitter. Hit up uh, Memo or Christian's Twitter feed. I know you follow him, so uh, just check it out there. Uh, make sure you know that it's 
proceeds from that. It's funny. Oh, hold on. Proceeds from that also help by going to the Houston Food Bank. Now you can talk, Mark. <laughs> you know, it's funny seeing the 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 meme that they put out. You know, obviously with you know him cutting out you know Christian Ramirez and Memo's you know face and putting on 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 a uh, Rafiki and Simba, right? And then uh, and then actually seeing the final product. So it's kind of yep. like seeing the the protocol and then seeing the final product. You know how big of a difference it can be and it can look when you actually put some work into it <laughs> Sergio. oh damn put some work into it i mean look i'm gonna tell you right now i know he puts that work in man just i'm just messing with him man shout out to sergio man that guy that guy does a lot out there look i'm not saying that sergio zelaya is a graphics artist extraordinaire but the dude definitely puts the work in mostly in the gym to get himself you know ripped but he does put the work in i'm just saying <laughs> uh we are a little out of sync it's like again it's been a hell of a two weeks but uh first before we dive into dynamo stuff i did want to shout out u.s women's national team they are currently playing right now against argentina in the she believes cup uh currently up four nil on argentina uh what is interesting about this match is uh argentina played brazil and i if i don't remember the exact score uh i don't know if anybody aj might know nestor might know i don't remember the exact score but it was like six one seven one something like that it was pretty ridiculous maybe six zero uh Brazil was kind of on fire, uh, or maybe 5-0. I don't know. It's been a few days. Uh, but uh, the U.S. Women's National Team at this point will have won uh, their first three matches of the tournament in the group stage, which is really good for them. Uh, and uh, here's to hoping, yeah, 5-0. So here's to hoping they keep this uh, streak going. Um, also of note uh, for our Dash listeners and fans, uh, Christy Mewis did have a goal in the 41st minute. Uh, she's been very active playing for the U.S. Women's National Team. Uh, and, of course, we appreciate Christy Mewis and her amazingness uh, being on the dash. Uh, but one other note, uh, and this is pretty cool, guys. Uh, Generation Orange is part of the top 15, and you're going to laugh, but top 15 U.S. Women's National Team podcast that you should definitely listen to uh, on Feedspot.com. Uh, we don't talk about the U.S. Women's, National, U.S. Women's National Team as much as we probably want to a lot of times, but we do try to get in news when we can. We do try to talk about it when we can. Uh, but we are featured as one of the top 15 uh, podcasts on their uh, on their on the Feedspot uh, list, and you can check them out at blog.feedspot.com slash U.S. Women's or U.S.W.N.T. underscore podcasts. Trust me, there's a I lot will of be sure to tweet it out there. later, uh, later this evening or tomorrow. Uh, show them some love. Uh, make sure you guys check us out over there. It's really cool uh, to be on that list, and we are extremely honored to be on that list. Uh, just Let's get came top out of the... ten, man. <laughs> I mean, we're thirteenth. We're not far. I don't know how that happens, but let's get top ten, man. You know, there's a lot of love for the ladies over here. Uh, one of the interesting so. things is they do actually show Twitter uh, Twitter follows for us, and we do have 627 Twitter followers. So uh, thank you for that, everybody. I don't know where they came from, but thank you. Uh, oh, Nestor said he lied about 5-0 for Brazil. It was actually 4-1. Uh, so, well, at least the U.S. are keeping it keeping it right there with the 4-0. Uh, if they can hold them blank, then that's, uh, that's better uh, than what Brazil did. Uh, but I digress again. Top 15 U.S. Women's National uh, U.S. Women's National Team podcast you must listen to over on uh, blog.feedspot.com slash USWNT underscore podcasts. Uh, thanks, guys, for having us on that list. We do appreciate it. Uh, and make sure you check out the whole list. There's a lot of great podcasts on there, actually, uh, that are definitely worth, uh, worth checking out. Uh, but enough about the U.S. Women's National Team. Enough about the Dash. Enough about Christy Mewis. Oh, it's 5-0. Well, that came out of nowhere. Oh. Uh, Alex Morgan scored. 
Uh, that's pretty awesome. 84th minute. Uh, so U.S. Women's National Team absolutely taking it to the woodshed with Argentina. Sean Ringrose from Gen Orange here. I wanted to take a quick moment to thank Feedspot for including Generation Orange in their top 15 U.S. Women's National Team podcasts list which you can find at https colon backslash backslash blog.feedspot.com backslash uswnt underscore podcasts, or just check out the link in the show notes. This is a huge honor for us, and we hope you'll take a few moments to support Feedspot and us by navigating to their list. Hey, enjoy the rest of the show. Uh, with that said, though, let's transition into some Dynamo talk. The reason why I'm sure everybody's really here, right? Uh, so, Mark, I don't know if you saw earlier this week, uh, but there were some tweets that... Uh, uh, there were some tweets that uh, were bandied about yesterday and, and earlier this week uh, with Glenn Davis... Um, Lester Gretsch, uh, and, and some other Dynamo followers, including our good friend Dynamo Insider, uh, asking questions related to uh, some rumors that they had seen about uh, or heard uh, related to possibly the Dynamo looking at a forward or a winger to, to bring in a forward or a winger. And it, it's interesting because Lester confirmed they are, they, they are looking, uh, they have a target in particular, um, no information readily available on said player. Uh, none whatsoever. Uh, and trust I'll me, certain people right are now. trying to get info. <laughs> what did you say, Mark? Oh. I'll announce it right now. Diego Costa. It is not Diego Costa. <laughs> get the heck out of here. At least you didn't try to pull like... Uh, uh, what was the other one you guys were tr trying to talk about the other day? Uh, oh, man. oh, he says uh, Sergio Aguero. <laughs> that, yes, Sergio Aguero. I, I, I don't, don't necessarily love that. I would love it too. I mean, I'm a I'm a huge Kuno girl fan, but you know, I mean, but that's not fantastic. I would not argue with that. I'd take Gabriel Jesus as well, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, right. I mean, I'd take just about anybody on that Man City team. Heck. Uh, but uh, yeah, so Dynamo are looking looking for a winger slash forward, and I know a lot of people are probably sitting there going, "Why? <laughs> uh, we are pretty loaded <laughs> compared to some other positions uh, at forward slash winger." Uh, but the reason why it came after I actually asked Lester a question on Twitter uh, about the Nico Hansen situation, and uh, Lester basically confirmed that Hansen and the Dynamo still have likely not reached an agreement, and it is clear because he's not on the roster page for the Dynamo any longer on their website that um, it's likely that uh, Hansen and the Dynamo are not going to end up reaching an agreement at this point, so he may be headed elsewhere. So with Hansen but probably on his way out, it does make sense the Dynamo would be looking to fill that empty roster slot with a similar type of player uh, or perhaps somebody to back up uh, Ramirez as a, as a true striker, uh, maybe a young number 10. Uh, we do have that U22 initiative we can talk about as well. Or what about um, what about getting a, a, a player of quality and knocking everybody down a, a, a notch that we have currently? You, you know, mean somebody, you mean somebody to uh, yeah, so primarily somebody, somebody to um, supplant Ramirez? Yeah, and everybody gets knocked down a a peg. You know, well, I mean, why? Oh, it's why? Seven why? Holy crap! Man, damn, damn. 
Yeah, that went from uh, five nil to seven nil real quick. I don't. Oh, unless he mistyped. Did you mean six nil, Nestor? Or are you like a minute ahead? Uh, okay, oh, he failed. Uh, okay. Oh, Nestor. But um, no, man. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, it it's nice to keep adding to the depth, especially up front, you know. But but you know, the thing that worries me about you know, depending on what kind of player they're bringing in, is that I want somebody who uh, who's gonna be who we can count on. You know to score these goals right so you know i you know obviously i don't know any more than you do or any obviously lesser said he doesn't know you either you know but it, it would be great for them to actually bring in somebody who you can see as okay that's that's the top dog that's the top dog right there you know you know it would be interesting to see something like that yeah i don't want to dash your hopes uh pun intended yeah. but um i certainly do not see that happening um let me ask you this question. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really rearrange your brain here for a second. Would you wait uh, until the summer window if it meant that you could get a better player then and not have that player now, not have a player now? Yeah, most definitely. Especially I would, if you could get that top dog, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, most definitely I would because the summer window is going to come quicker this this season than than it would in regular seasons, right? Because you're having a little bit of a late start, you know. Uh, but yeah, I would most definitely will because, like, say for example, like if you have now you now you can go trot these guys out to see who is going to be your your left winger, your right winger, you know, and then if your main target in the summer is to bring that top scoring nine or whatever. And at least you have your 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 eleven and your 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 wingers, you know, sorted out, you know, by that point, hopefully. Um, so yeah, I would I would I would definitely wait, you know, definitely wait if that meant that we we would have the extra funds to go get a, a, a above average quality player. That, yeah, so I mentioned that. the U, I mentioned the U twenty two initiative, and that has been confirmed as as being basically signed off by the ownership by ownership. Uh, of or the MLS ownership and the MLS competition committee slash budgeting committee, whatever they are, uh, as part of the CBA as well, uh, which is that basically if you don't... Oh, Jake, you missed all the U.S. Women's National Team talk and, and uh, Dash talk, talking about Christy Mewis and her goal earlier. Um, Aloha to DJ Smook. Yes, sir. Jake, Jake, Jake. Uh, also, thank you for your service, Jake. We do appreciate it, especially during the storm. Uh, thanks for getting out there and, and uh, battling through. I know you went a couple of days without sleep or very little sleep, and uh, trust me, dude, we we appreciate that more than words can uh, words can express. But uh, moving on from that, uh, the the U, the U twenty two initiative in MLS. So basically, if a team, I'm going to kind of summarize this as easily as possible. If a team does not currently have um, three older, overpriced DPS, then they can bring in three younger. Uh, like 22 years old uh, or below, essentially, uh, players uh, to to play as DPS. They'll hit the sal they'll hit the salary budget as lower than an actual DP would. Um, and there are some other mechanisms in there that come into play in different ways. Um, it is possible for your LAFC or your um, uh, TFC or other similar types of teams that spend a lot more. Uh, they can buy down with TAM existing DPs so that they can create an opportunity to bring in three uh, U22 initiative level players. Uh, another one would be Atlanta United, who already used one. Um, and we've seen players coming into MLS already that are that fit that that initiative. And 
my expectation, and I actually mentioned this when the signing of Bahamich happened, I expect that the Dynamo are intending and have intended to be, yep, uh, to be in that U22 category, to be part of that U22 initiative. Probably spent more than they would have spent, but because they knew the U22 initiative was right around the window uh, or right around the corner, uh, they were able to make that happen. Um, but that also means that that contrary to what I just said, I'm going to you know contradict myself immediately. It is possible the Dynamo could look to use that U22 tag uh, in the U22 initiative uh, on another uh, on another young uh, young player. Hopefully, one that is a little bit higher quality. Someone like you said that could be top dog, uh, or at least carries the clout uh, as a young player uh, to to turn some heads. Um, and you know, hey, it doesn't have to be. You know, it doesn't have to be the best young player uh, out there, but if it's somebody that can at least, you know, get some eyeballs back on the team, that seems uh, definitely seems to be uh, it seems to be the way the Dynamo need to conduct business right now. Um, but uh, interesting, <laughs> to say the least, um, uh, with the U twenty two initiative because it opens some other opportunities that weren't there previously. Um, uh, but we'll have to see how it all shakes out. Uh, I don't know all of the details around how you can, if you can use TAM to buy down a U22 player. I suspect you could. Um, there were notes that I saw that you can use the U22 tag on uh, homegrown players. You can use it on young players that you've brought uh, brought in through the draft or through other initiatives. Um, if a player is tagged as U22, you can keep them as a U22 until they're 20 until the season that they turn 25, uh, basically. Um, so that's pretty uh, pretty intriguing, uh, to say the least, there as well, because it means you get three years at, at, with a player at a lower salary hit than would otherwise be the case. If you're enjoying the show and find yourself wanting to discuss with us during the week, hit us up on Twitter. At Gen Orange Radio, we try to tweet a few times per day or at least respond to tweets that mention us. You can also follow at Chase Agovia, Mark's Twitter, for the greatest hot takes, and of course, follow me at Sean Ringrose, even though I may be wrong about roughly 25% of the time. Thanks for listening, and as always, enjoy the rest of the show. You know, it's it's a it's an interesting initiative, right? Obviously, something new coming off from that CBA that was originally written, but then got rewritten and then got rewritten again. Um, you know, I think it's a great thing to bring young talent from other countries into the, into the MLS and, and maybe not feel the, the burn of, of that player, maybe not succeeding, you know, obviously, you know, the only a certain amount of their cap or their salary would count towards the books, just like a DP would work. So I think it's, it's a great initiative for, for teams, especially like the dynamo, you know, to go out there and poly and, and maybe use those three spots and maybe, and, you know, obviously maybe two now because Bahamich is obviously going to occupy one of those spots to go out there and, you know, and, and find, you know, some young talent, South American talent or, or just talent, young talent from wherever, you know, and, uh, and bring them in, especially if they, if they feel highly enough about that kid, you know, because it, it, it's not going to be such a high, you know, high risk now, you know, it won't be mm-hmm. as high as a risk. Imagine if they had this when, uh, when like uh, Lionel Miranda was on the uh, was on the squad. You know, maybe they would have gave him gave gave him another year. You know, here in the Dynamo, and it would have worked out. And they would have seen what kind of talent he was. You know, because obviously we know we see what kind of talent he is now. You know, obviously playing in the 
uh, being a being a starter in the Argentine league with racing. And, you know, obviously during his time, I think he went to uh, Tijuana for a little bit and played over there and Liga MX as well. So, I mean, it would have been nice to have something like that back then when he came to the club. But I think it, so- it softens the blow, you know, especially because you don't always expect um, young players, especially from other countries, to adapt quickly. You know, take, for example, like Mauro Manotas. It, t- it took him a little bit, but once he got going, he got comfortable and he and he got going, you know. So, you know, it softens the blow for a team, especially that a team that's cap- that, that's cash-strapped like the Dynamo. Yeah, it, it, it's again, it's it provides an interesting mechanism for teams like the Dynamo, the the lower spending teams. It also it actually increases the lower floor, uh, meaning that there is a higher higher amount that teams have to spend uh, this year as compared to as compared to last year, and, and even higher with the U twenty two initiative. Uh, it's just interesting to see teams and, and how they're going to approach it. Uh, Dallas is rumored uh, linked to a, a European player. Um, eh, Probably a pretty good player, but but you know it, nobody that makes heads turn uh, type of thing. Uh, but thanks for listening to the audio only podcast edition of our show. We air live over on Twitch via our Twitch channel every Wednesday, life and work permitting, starting at seven p.m. Central. If you like what you've heard here so far, follow our Twitch channel at twitch.tv backslash Gen Orange. And while you're over there, why not do us a huge favor and go ahead and drop a sub? If you do catch us during the live show, let us know in the Twitch chat. We love you guys and look forward to chatting with you guys next Wednesday. Now, back to the show. It'll just be interesting, uh, like I said, to see where this all goes uh, and how the Dynamo kind of shake out after this. Uh, Again, you know, I think there is something to be said for the Dynamo maybe trying to approach this window to not spend too much in the attempt to keep the cost down uh, for any pretend, any potential new ownership that may come in during the 2021 season or by the end of the 2021 season. And I bring that up because I said not long ago, a few months ago, uh, that the expectation was, uh, based on conversations, based on things that I've heard, and also based on things that have already been reported uh, by The Athletic and otherwise, that Gabriel Brenner is looking to shell, sell his majority ownership stake uh, of the Dynamo. Uh, and this is important because there are potential buyers out there um, and they want to create the highest value so that he can get the highest amount for his investment uh, as a return on his investment. Uh, and so they are going to look to make it a high value uh, type team. Now, that doesn't mean you spend a lot of money necessarily, but what it means is you do need to make sure from a business perspective to have a relatively decent profit yield. Um, and, you know, with everything that we've heard, the Dynamo have not been, uh, because of attendance and things like that, they've struggled to have that high attendance return. Uh, and, you know, this season is going to, we already know this season is going to have limited, you know, limited fan capacity, at least to start the season. My expectation is probably a good chunk of the season will be that way. Um, but that's going to make it all that much harder for Brenner to find that, you know, potential buyer that is a good fit, that's willing to pay what he wants to have paid for his majority stake in, in the team. Um, but I think it happens. I do think it happens. But you know what, you know, if I say, for example, if, if I was a buyer and I was looking into the dynamo as, as, as a potential uh, club that I want to buy. Right. And obviously I see all the books and I see the, the history and I see all the, 
you know, everything that's going on and see the attendance records going down. And I think, you know, obviously anybody who's going to buy a club or do any, any kind of business in sporting and sports looks at everything that's going on, you know, the social media outlook of the, of, of the club, the, the, you know, obviously how the, the reports on the club media, you know, everything, everything that they can, any kind of information they can get about the club. Right. You know, and, you can you can really see that the problem isn't really a, as big as a problem that one would think. You know, I think that there is a lot of support for the Dynamo that want to be there at the stadium, want to fill up BBVA Stadium. It's just that a lot of Dynamo fans that are no longer going, aside from the COVID issues, right? It's just the, the disappointment and the frustration with the current ownership, you know? And, I, and it's just their way of protesting against them which is which is all, all within their rights right um it's one of those things where you know my their dollar might you know their dollar might mean a lot more to to, to them than it does to me or to you you know uh however they decide to budget their their spending for for entertainment or sporting events might differ from my spending on entertainment and sporting events so you know with all respect to everybody, you know, if that's the way you want to go about it, that's, that's more than, you know, welcome. That's, that's how you voice your opinion to, to, uh, to club owners and owners of sporting teams in general, you know, Texans fans, listen up. Um, but you know, <laughs> you know, but it, it, it's, it's, it's one of those things where if I was a buyer, it would be like, man, you know, all I see on the social media feed, all I see is this, you know, that the, the, the current owner isn't spending. There's not a player. There's not a, a marquee name, not marquee player. They're frustrated with, you know, with, with the product on the pitch. But if, if I'm a, if I'm a buyer and I have, you know, the funds available, you know, it, it can be something of a quick fix, you know, especially if, if it's, a, if, especially if it's a buyer who has the funding, you know, maybe, maybe not like the Arthur blank type, funding but you know somewhere in the middle would be an, an, an instant upgrade you know and especially if they use especially if he uses it towards the club you know and and from that and just from having a new presence you'd be surprised how many of those fans who weren't attending might come back and attend if you're enjoying the show and find yourself wanting to discuss with us during the week hit us up on twitter at Gin Orange Radio, we try to tweet a few times per day or at least respond to tweets that mention us. You can also follow at Chase Agovia, Mark's Twitter, for the greatest hot takes. And of course, follow me at Sean Ringrose, even though I may be wrong about roughly 25% of the time. Thanks for listening, and as always, enjoy the rest of the show. You know? Let me ask you a question. Oh, no. You know, like I, I like to do. Um, so... I'm going to pose a hypothetical to you. Okay. Let's say that the, uh, that, that Brenner does uh, line up a, a buyer um, and uh, you know, this buyer is another, uh, another individual who has significant business holdings in Mexico, uh, in Central America um, and, and, you know, a few smaller business holdings here in the U S uh, it's, an, you know, let's say this individual uh, is someone that, that is, is very similar to Brenner um, he's very much a, uh, he probably likely wouldn't be a, a visual presence at BBVA all that often. Uh, but when there, he would be willing to be on camera and, you know, smile and wave. Uh, is that the type of owner you want? Or 
is it more important that the future ownership uh, be someone who is a public presence, uh, someone who would be willing to, or someone's who would be willing to uh, be the face of the franchise from the perspective, or the face of the club from the perspective of I'm the owner, I'm going to tell you what's going on, I want some transparency, uh, those sorts of things, kind of your... Uh, your Merritt Paulson type owner, uh, you know, is, is that what you want? Your Jerry or your Jones. Arthur Blank. Yeah, your Jerry Jones. I don't know. I wouldn't go that far. That may be going a little bit overboard. But yeah, see, see, uh, to be to be honest, from from my perspective and 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 in, in my opinion, I just want a product that I can that I can that I can support. You know, um, obviously, yeah, obviously, if if the owner is available to to the to the public, to the media, whatever, that's great. You know, but with all the respect you know i don't really care to to see the owner wave or you know do or be out there publicly or whatever it doesn't that doesn't matter to me what matters to me is that he's invested into the city into its community and into the squad that's what that's what really matters to me um you know it's it's one of those things where yeah if we can hit a trifecta where he's investing into the team he's a public figure and you know and and the town loves him great awesome but if he, but if he's just investing into the into the, into the community, into the team, and we don't ever see him. I, great, you know, hey, have, have fun wherever you're at, you know. <laughs> you know, honestly, and all honestly, I mean, you know, he does him. He doesn't do anything for me unless the soccer team is good, you know, unless the club is good. That's that's the that's the that's the way he can get me or or supporter a supporter X. Know, to to attend matches is his investment in the club you know his his willingness to to spend his willingness to improve uh the the environment the the, the game they experience the, the 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 quality the product on the pitch you know things of that nature that's how he can win that's how he wins me over i don't care i don't if i never see his face and i don't even know what he looks like it doesn't matter to me I can buy into that, actually. I, I can completely understand where you're coming from. It, it feels like we've had the opposite of that. You know, someone who, although most people wouldn't recognize him if they saw him, is still, you know, he has tried to be, at least lately, a bit more of a public presence in terms of just visibility at the stadium and visibility during matches and and, and uh, that sort of thing. I, you know, I almost feel like we kind of had the opposite with him in terms of, you know, public presence, but not really from a public perspective investing a lot into the into the club um or not having the capability to invest a lot in the club do you think that's more like the people in his front office or the people that he confines into who run the dynamo for him to that tell him hey hey gabriel hey g we need we need you to show up a little bit because you know a lot of the fans the social media this and that are saying that you don't care you know you're not you're not there enough you know just hey go go into the owner's suite for, uh, maybe a game every every month you know show out you know wait to the people wait to the to the crowd out there you know things of that nature because let's 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 be serious i mean the last couple of years have been kind of downers you know and things of that nature and and it seems from uh, from afar especially if you're not uh, a dynamo supporter or a dynamo fan up close like we are you know we know what's going we kind of know what's going on and you know we try to trying to you know uh, try to think about what what's going on with the club and why this is not happening and why we can't achieve certain goals or whatever. But if you're a, uh, a, just a, a soccer general fan from afar, you look at it and you're like, man, you know, 
why would anybody want to support this club? This club's been bottom bottom table team for, you know, X amount of years. So they really haven't done anything, you know, the last couple of, let's say the last five years, maybe except for that win, win that cup title. I mean, we're at seven years at this point, essentially since the 2013 season. Yeah. Really. So, I mean, you know, you know, obviously, you know, you, you can't gar you can't garner new fans. You can't garner new, new supporters and things like, like that, you know, if you're not successful, man. And, and, you know, and, and for, you know, new, new supporter groups, like, like the search, for example, to, to appear, you know, we you know out of all this, you know, and, and to still have, you know, passionate fans out there, it's, it's, it's a blessing for them because, you know, obviously, like I said, it's one of those things where if, if I really felt like, man, this club isn't really doing their all, why, why should I invest the little money that I make, the little money that I have on the side? You know, why should I invest in season tickets? Why should I invest on Dynamo gear? Why should I invest on going to BVA st- Stadium and, and stand there in 100 degree weather on the summer, midsummer day, you know, to go watch a team that's going to get beat three to zero at, at, on their own home turf? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you brought up a number of very good points there. Uh, and, and, you know, these are things that potential future ownerships are going to have, you know, owners are going to have to consider potential future buyers are going to have to consider. Uh, and believe me, if they're looking at the dynamo, it's not just about the club. Again, a huge part of the valuations of MLS clubs comes from that, uh, partnership with some, uh, you know, in, in the broadcast rights deals and things like that, that are all kind of tied into that. But, um, you know, again, I, I think we're, you know, we're at a point where Brenner is likely going to sell this season, um, you know, either during the season or at the end of the season. Um, and I, for one, am, am, you know, ready to welcome a new owner with open arms. Um, you know, I, I, I like yeah, I you. Mean, yeah. I mean, just, just for the simple fact that, you know, unfortunately the whole, you know, if you say Gabriel Brenner's name in front of, you know, Dynamo fans, it's, it's going to be a lot of, a lot of negativity more than any positive things coming out. Right. So just, just, just a change in that scenery from the top, from the very top might bring in fans, you know, I bring back some of the, some of the people who we haven't seen in a while in BBVA, you know, just because of that, that, that simple thing. And then on top of that, you know, then it'll be, it'll be the duty of the new ownership group or ownership person who, or whoever, if it's a single person or if it's an ownership group um, to, show that they're that they are willing to invest in this club and and into this into this community like i said you know it's it's one thing to just buy a club just to buy a club you know people buy clubs all the time you know hey i think uh ryan reynolds bought a club and 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 wales i think okay cool you know they got the money they go buy clubs you know people got money they go buy clubs um but it's one thing to just buy a club. It's another thing to buy a club and be invested into its community, its fans, its supporters, and and to actually want to have a winning mentality. You know, instead of just speaking on it, uh, of it, actually doing something to achieve it. Yeah. So they uh, they actually purchased a Welsh soccer team, uh, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. 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 Uh, both uh, went in to become uh, joint owners of. Uh, Welsh team, the Wrexham, uh, Wrexham AFC uh, from the Welsh League, uh, which is also one of the world's oldest professional soccer clubs. Uh, and they I think the third, third oldest, I think. They, they currently say. play in the English fifth tier of soccer over there. 
Just, just, I mean, but just think about it from that notary, you know, Ryan, you know, everybody knows Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool, you know, Green Lantern, whatever, you know, just from that itself, you know, think about how many eyes have gone onto that small little club, you know, now, you know, I mean, I've never heard of the club beforehand, but yeah, I saw, I saw somewhere on Twitter or wherever that, you know, that they purchased the club. I looked into it, you know, and now I know the club exists, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and it's interesting to see things like that because we've seen similar things from various, uh, you know, various celebrities recently. Um, they're starting to get into, you know, and take other opportunities with, with uh, soccer around the world globally. I mean, obviously you have Kevin Durant, who's part owner of Philadelphia. And you have, you know, James Harden, who is a minority owner of, uh, of the Dynamo. Uh, and the dash uh you've got uh, other athletes that have you know steve nash uh, former retired athlete who's now head coach of the brooklyn nets who uh has a uh, minority stake in in one of the clubs and also is a huge spurs supporter uh had to sneak that in of course uh and then uh you know other various again various athletes star athletes superstar athletes uh lebron james uh bought into i think it was liverpool um liverpool, yep you know, so the, it, it's been a consistent theme, and I think I think we'll continue to see that. Where, uh, you know, it is a smart investment right now to invest in global global football, global soccer, because it is a it is a good return on your investment. Uh, uh, no matter how long it is that you you know intend to hold on to onto the investment. So, uh, again, I, I don't think we should be surprised uh, if it happens during the season, mid season, or if you know if an agreement is reached mid season and we see, you know, see leaks and rumors about it, but we, you know, they, they make it clear that nothing is likely to happen until the off season. Don't get dis- you know, discouraged by that. Um, that likely just means an agreement was reached and they, you know, it was in the best interest of both owners to wait until the off season to make the change. Um, I think that's plausible as well, but again, highly likely as highly as I could probably tout this highly likely the dynamo will have new ownership. And, uh, another reason to believe that is the case is actually tied to the disconnect that has happened from RGV pulling out the Dynamo pulling out of paying for their technical staff, uh, paying player salaries down there and things like that. That is a huge chunk of change off their books. I mean, that's, you know, it, it, I say huge. I mean, that's a two to three million dollar per year investment plus additional beyond that that's off their books now. Um, so, uh, that's what it is. Thank you, Sergio Nash, part owner of, uh, Vancouver Whitecaps and, uh, Mallorca, uh, as well. Um, so, you know, oh yeah, Stu Holden. That's right. Yeah. Stu, Stu's part owner of a team. Um, DMV is part owner of Indy 11, uh, I believe. Uh, uh, yeah. Indy 11, pretty sure. Uh, you know, and, and we see more of that happening, uh, former players becoming, you know, in, investors in, 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 uh, in their former teams or in other clubs around the U.S., and I just think we continue to see that happen. Um, so I think I think now is the time for Brenner to sell. I think he's probably going to get the highest return on his investment this year. Uh, I think if he waits too much longer, it's not going to be the, the the value of the team is going to drop a little bit um, to some extent, just because of the way that that sort of thing works. Uh, but again, I guess we'll yeah. see. Um, there is one other thing that I wanted to bring up, uh, and we have about 15 minutes, so I figured now's a good time to bring it up. We can talk about it. Uh, Eric McHugh, uh, that's the Dynamo homegrown player who is a, a central defender who played for RGV last year uh, and the year before that. 
Uh, he is being loaned out to Charleston Battery on a season-long loan. Um, Charleston Battery play in the USL Championship. They're considered one of the older teams and one of the more established teams in the USL Championship. They're considered one of the perennial favorites year over year to compete for the championship. Um, so going to a, a going to a place where he certainly will have opportunity to develop uh, and certainly will have opportunity to play. Uh, it falls on him to show that he is good enough to play. Uh, and, and that is going to be one of those things that uh, can Eric McHugh prove that he is good enough to compete at the USL championship level? Because thus far he has not proven that to be the case. Uh, and this is a player that was relatively highly touted when he was signed. Um, uh, you know, and, and we certainly can talk more about, uh, you know, about that as well, but, I just want to make sure we snuck that in while we had a chance because that news dropped today as well. Let me ask you a question. Uh, you know, I know we got a little sidetracked about the ownership, uh, maybe being, the Dynamo being sold, but, you know, we were speaking about, obviously, the Dynamo maybe looking to bring another Ford in. Um, if um, if you only had one more transaction to, to make this season before the season starts, what position are you looking into to improving right now? Um either winger or forward i am honestly looking at that position and here's why before you ask the question here's why we drafted a player that i believe is ready to start at center back or at least ready to take over center back partway through the season from minor who could start opposite of tim parker um and that is ethan bartlow uh, in my opinion ethan absolutely is pro ready um, he was considered the most mls pro ready mls ready player in the draft uh, when it came to center backs. Uh, I think he's got the physical talents to be able to handle it. I think he has the, the talent pushing forward to be able to do it. And here's the kicker. You have a player like Tim Parker that you can pair him with, who can not only mentor him, but also keep him accountable early on with all the hype he has already. And it, it is a perfect pairing because Tim Parker can afford to sit back just a little bit more and be that true stalwart defender in the center and let Ethan Bartlow be that player that moves forward into the attack a little bit more, knowing and having the comfort to know that next to him is Tim Parker, who's going to shut down whatever players come, you know, whatever attack comes his way. It's going to require a little bit of the outside backs to be, you know, a little bit more patient and a little bit more intentional when they go forward. It's going to require the midfield and the center of midfield to not give the ball away in transition as much. They're going to have to learn to be more possession oriented. But again, he's the type of player, Ethan Bartlow, that can step into that position. And in my opinion, he is much more MLS ready than Eric McHugh is. And I don't think at this point, unless you bring in a Salcedo, that you're going to find a center back on the market that is going to come in for the, for the, for the amount that you want to pay that's going to be able to be a starter. Would you be so? Would you be disappointed if he's not your starter day one? No, like I said, I, I suspect we see Minor and uh, Minor and, and Parker out there uh, as the initial first team uh, center backs, uh, starting eleven center backs uh, to start the season, and I'm okay with that. Uh, but I do think that you know, a couple months into the season, that we see Bartlow take that position and start to play a little bit more, uh, giving uh, Minor that rest that that you know that his. Aging body certainly could use. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a name out there uh, to go alongside alongside Tim Parker instead of instead of instead of having Minor Figueroa, which I, obviously I think is, 
could be a highly a high possibility, you know, to start off the season as a starter again, you know, before just to give, you know, Barlow a little bit of time to get a, sure, adjusted sure. to the league. But, but uh but uh for kind of the forgotten guy, man, you know, Bizama, you know, I think he can do a, a job for us, you know, uh, as a center back, you know, obviously Valentine is going to hold down that right back spot now. Um so maybe Bizama could be somebody who can, you know, maybe get some time in in the center back, you know, I don't know if it's one of those things that Tab might have in mind, you know, to try to give him some minutes on the pitch, you know, cuz I mean obviously he it's an it's an investment that that the uh, that the uh front office made to bring him in you know he is a player of quality you know from from what we've seen you know him being a chilean international and playing for the national team so he does have some talent otherwise he wouldn't have made it to the national the the, the senior team um and it would be great to see him finally you know uh, put that talent on the pitch and not be injured you know hopefully you know let's not jinx him but um, you know, it'd be it would be nice to see him on the pitch, you know, and 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 show us why they brought him in and why he was the a player to be considered for the Chilean national team, you know. Absolutely, um, I think that Bisama is a decent fit there, um, but I I you know it is a change of position. It's not a natural change of position to necessarily go from fullback to center back and. The main reason for that is a center back, you, you are, your responsibility is a lot more. Uh, Bisama, it, it, you know, his responsibility as an outside back is to push into that attack frequently um, and, and is to, you know, return and cover. Whereas with center back, you're not trying to cover. You're trying to, you know, quell the counterattack quickly. Um, so I think it's a little bit different. But uh, yeah, Sergio brings up someone that I, I actually would consider seeing as a center back, which is Sam Junqua. I think the kid has the physicality to be able to play that position. I think the kid has the football intelligence watching him have play, having played that he could be a, a transition player into a center back um, that would fit there relatively well. And again, that physicality is a big thing in MLS. You want somebody that's not going to be pushed around by the stronger forwards. And there are a number of them in MLS. Um, and, 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 you know, but here's the thing that I like about this off season is we can talk about these things right now. Uh, and talk about these players that we could see transitioning into that position. But the fact is, is I wouldn't have been able to say that one or two years ago. We knew who our starters were. And I actually am okay with not knowing who that second starter is out of the gate because it means that... It's open. It's open for competition. And the best player is going to come out. Whoever comes out preseason will, will deserve that spot. Low, uh, Fuenmayor, we can't leave him out of the mix. Um, you know, like you brought up, uh, Bisama could potentially play there. Junqua could potentially play there. Um, you know, there are opportunities there for players to take. And I say this all the time, that if you have the right players that can play well together, that can overcome anybody, any player's star quality, with the exception of the absolute best players in the world. Your Sergio Aguero's, your Lino Messi's, your Cristiano Ronaldo's, your Zlatan Ibrahimovic's, um, you know your players like that. Your 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 uh, Kevin De Bruyne, uh, your Harry Kane's, your Human Sons, your trying to think of somebody on Arsenal, but I'm blanking. Uh, Aubameyang, Aubameyang, <laughs> Aubameyang. 
Martin Odegar, um, Saka, and uh, anyways, Holland. We can't forget Holland either. Yeah, no, but you know, it's 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 interesting to see because you know, obviously, when I think what Tab is looking for in players is players who can play different positions in all aspects of the pitch. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, because you also, also got to have you also got to take in consideration things that might happen on the field during the game. A player might get sent off or or an injury that you didn't expect. You know, might might happen where. You know, you might need somebody to play a position that they're normally not fit for, or they normally do not play. Um, but it's gonna be um, it's gonna be interesting to see what it is. And like I said, I like the fact that there is competition for that second center back position because, you know, like I said, whoever comes out of preseason showing that they that they showing that they earned it, then that means they really earned it. You know, so. It's open competition, and I think players appreciate the fact when they can actually win a spot, not just not just let it be said, you know, hey, everybody's everything's available, you know, the best players are gonna play, blah blah. blah. You know, it's it sounds great in theory, but you know, a lot of things go into why certain players play more than other players, you know, and it's not just because the player is better than the other player, you know, unfortunately, so. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, you know, guys, we're going to end just a few minutes early. Uh, intent was to go about an hour, but I think we're kind of winding down anyways. So we're going to cut out here. Uh, but thank you for tuning in. We do appreciate it. As always, guys, make sure to hit us up on Twitter. Uh, Mark is at Chase Agovia. You can see it under his name on the Twitter, on the Twitter feed, on the video feed. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Sean Ringrose. You can see mine on the thing as well. Uh, and then also follow our Twitter account at Gen Orange Radio. We tweet from there fairly regularly when we can. Uh, of course, if you're listening to us after the fact, follow us on Twitter, Twitch, or Twitter on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Generation Orange. Uh, and of course, follow us on Anchor, anchor.fm slash Gen Orange. If you do happen to miss an episode, we will be uploading audio onto there uh, as regularly as we can so that you can uh, grab the. Uh, Uh, Grab the latest episode in audio-only podcast format and listen to it in your car. Uh, Thanks for tuning in, guys. We do appreciate it. And uh, remember, guys, hold it down. Well, guys, that is it for this week's audio-only podcast episode, which has been uploaded to Anchor.fm. Special thanks to our producer and streamer boy, Nestor Luna, for helping take care of the technical details each week for our show. We look forward to talking with you again real soon. Hold it down, Houston.